0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Good Bottle Podcast. I am your host Chris Sinclair and I am joined by my fellow host Drew Garrison. We are a couple of self-proclaimed booze pundits with a lifetime of industry experience reaching all the way back to the days of washing dishes and cleaning pizza ovens, all the way to owning multiple businesses and selling some of the most exclusive brands in the world. Our goal is to walk you through today's most interesting alcohol industry headlines while sipping on some dope fucking shit while we do it. Drew... Homie, my brother from another mother,
1: what is up today? Uh, I don't know if I'm able to match all that energy or if we're selling spirits or birds because you kind of mumbled that one part. But this episode is more exciting than the most invigorating $600 stimulus you can think of. We have some very, very exciting news out of the TTB. We have a lineup of our top threes in multiple categories with a very special guest who may or may not give the best hugs in the world. Of course, we're going to have our dope follow of the week. We are going to skip our sexy bottle because our guest tonight is so sexy. We couldn't handle that much sexiness. But first... Ah. Our guest tonight is the project launch manager, quote-unquote head of education for Future Bars down in San Francisco. His name is Jason Wild. Jason, thank you so much for the great night. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hey. Hey, what's on? And we got to start it off. Jason, what are you drinking? Right now, I'm actually drinking one of my top
2: three. Should I dare say it or should I hold out for a second?
1: Um...
0: I say you say it.
1: I say you say, you it,
2: say it too. It? Well, go for it. Um I am currently sipping on the 2017 Ray Campera Atacaneo Mezcal. Oh. I've been waiting to get this bottle because I I feel like it's one of those things that I've uh, I've got a, a, the opportunity to taste a lot of the uh, Ray Campera lineup, but I've never been able to taste Atacaneo every single time like somebody comes by and tastes me on it. It's just like, "Oh yeah, we don't have that one because, you know, like it's so limited, we never find it." So I saw it and had to have
1: it. That's that, that. And, uh, it's amazing. That is such a um a great pick. I love that. And Arcanos are excessively hard to get your hands on. Recently, we just got one through Real Monero that they use the they use an ancestral process in order to produce it and it is just phenomenal but yeah you don't see a whole lot of arraqueños that are that are making up i mean i guess maybe more and more as time goes on and people get more excited um about agave in general but this is a super super exciting um one to get so good good pull man you said and so this is the 2017 batch
2: yeah it's delightful it's got like it's got a bunch of like fruity notes um it, it has kind of like your sandstone kind of like minerality to it and it kind of like has a little bit of this like. um kind of like savory spice to it on as well too it's just very very like all across the board um i'm a a fan of it it's been pretty fantastic i'm about halfway down the bottle so far so it is tasty that is super great 20 years to grow that plant i mean it's crazy you know so
1: yeah so for our listeners at home um the the arcanio is a an americana which is the which is the family of agave that's coming. It's widely considered the genetic mother of um, the espadine. So, you know, agave can be a very promiscuous plant. And when you have something uh, like this, it's, you know, the espadine, which is now the most prevalent of, of the agave that you see made into, into mezcal. Whereas, you know, uh, Espadine is going to be anywhere from you know nine to twelve years before they harvest it. Uh, as Jason just mentioned, this is typically right around twenty years before it reaches that full um, maturation in order to harvest it, which is just you know so cool. So again, that's and that's another reason that you don't see a whole lot of the Araqueños out there, just because it does take a little bit longer. Similar to like a Tempestate. Yeah. Um, but even those are real cool. Very, very, very cool. Uh, Chris, what are you sipping on?
0: Oh man, I, uh, I'm i still feeling that holiday spirit and feeling like diving right into some dope shit. So I, I decided I'd crack open a very exclusive bottle. Uh, the 1974 Lafitte Rothschild is just exquisite wine. I mean, it's, um, I actually don't know because I'm not drinking that. Uh, I'm drinking, an, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> I am drinking uh, uh, the Hein Cognac homage to Thomas Hein. It is a Cognac Grand Champagne. Uh, it is fucking lovely and um, interesting enough. Heine is one of the only it is, one of the only cognacs to actually be allowed to be aged in England, um, and so this this is one of those. And it is um, it is just just fucking lovely. It's rich without being um, uh, uh, slutty it's uh it's it's got the right kind of spice without a, uh, I, I don't know being being overwhelming not no over extracted woods it's just it's just fucking delicious cognac
1: i love how you couldn't help but to try to get like a sexy bottle into tonight's episode <laughs> it's what we do so, buddy we do. so so for the people at home i mean that that lafitte is like a i mean i'm seeing okay that's like an eight thousand dollar bottle of, of wine, of wine yes that's correct yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah that one i'm kind of caught up in that now i'm like super disappointed that that's not what you're drinking hey buddy
0: you know what you and me both <laughs> fair, enough. Like fair enough a little too far away for that <laughs> that's right
1: i'm not i'm not that cool yet <laughs> drew what about you um I am drinking some of the Black Tot 50th anniversary rum. And yeah, this is a this is a new new rum to the portfolio that lasted for about 2 days before it was completely sold out. Um this anniversary edition that they did was to was to celebrate the end of of uh, the black, you know, the daily ration, which I know we've talked about a lot in terms of the the Royal Navy, and um, this is a really interesting blend. And what I love about it is, um, you know, a complaint that that we've had on the show before, and we've talked about numerous times, is like the lack of transparency on on rum bottles, and this one does not get any more transparent. Like I don't think that you could give any more information outside of maybe like the master blenders, like social security number. Like that's really, that's (laughs) the only thing that's left off on here. Whether or not Uh, he got any loans or anything. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really cool because it has the percentage of, of each one that's in there. And um, what's, what's really cool is they have a few, there's, there's two at the very end. And um, so total there's one, two, three, there's nine total rums in this blend right and um two of them are from are are two rums that cannot be produced anymore actually there's three that can't cuz there's a little caroni in there as well but you see you, you tend to see the caroni a lot around yeah but um one of them is from guiana and it is a 42 year old port morant out of the uh the Utevlook, um distillery which is now gone um and then the other part is the original uh royal navy blend which is the last consignment which you can actually still get bottles of that but um that's obviously a very old rum as well and it's funny because it's only half a percent of each makes up the entire blend and um you know for some people that really bothers them but i just think that's super rad that you are not because you've kind of done like your own infinity bottle here is basically what it what it reads as you know and um it's just it's super fun it's super complex uh I've I've drank about I don't know a little over a quarter of it and I just feel like every single time I'm drinking it I just I'm getting different notes and I think that's a sign of any good good blend I just really really enjoy it and again like you see what country it's from who the producer was how it was distilled whether they're still operating or not if there was any tropical aging if there was continental aging and then what the blend percentage is I mean again you just you don't get more transparent than this and then they also sent it with a little um, one of those those gold uh, ration cups too to drink out of because that's the proper way to drink it. That's great. yeah I love those I love those little those little cups yeah there's they're super fun and um, and again i i'm I'm a big proponent of you know all my drink vessel needs to do is hold liquid and then it works for me. <laughs> I don't I don't need a whole lot more than that. Um but in this situation I'm like, okay, let's let's put it in the let's put it in the uh in the ration cup. So And it drinks that much better, right? It does. It totally opens it up. Um there's something about that copper in the in the root. Oh, no, it's just, just, just like the
0: mule mug. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah, it's just totally fucking ridiculous. Um so yeah, that's that is what uh what I'm what I'm sipping on, but I think it's I think it's time to uh, hear our opinion on facts that we've heard from reputable sources. Okay, so initially we weren't going to do any news stories tonight because we just wanted it to be um, the power of positivity show. Again, big reason why we brought in Jason because he is the ultimate beacon of positivity. But then the universe gifted us the most amazing news. And as you guys know, over the past nine months, not a whole lot of great news, but this stuff is, is amazing. So per the TTB newsletter, which is the uh, government body that is regulating all labeling and a lot of our alcohol laws within, within the U S they just released that on December 29th. So tomorrow, they will publish the final rule in the Federal Register that, among other things, amends TTB's regulations that cover wine and dispirit containers by adding seven new standards of fill for wine and distilled spirits. These new container sizes consist of, for wine, three hundred fifty-five milliliter, two hundred fifty milliliter, and two hundred milliliter, and then for distilled spirits, one point eight liters, nine hundred milliliters, seven hundred and twenty milliliters, and the Sought after most coveted size in me and Chris's life. (laughs) The 700 milliliter. The new container sizes will provide bottlers with flexibility by allowing the use of added container sizes and facilitate the movement of goods in domestic and international commerce while also providing consumers broader purchasing options. Chris, when I sent this to you today, what was your initial reaction?
0: Uh, I, my first reaction was like, fuck, Drew is going to make me read a bunch of TTB bullshit. And I was really frightened. uh, And as I was sitting on the toilet uh, reading, reading this, I opened it up and I saw the headline and I scrolled down and I damn near jumped off of, of the pot in glee and joy. When I read that 700 ML is, finally fucking approved we get to drink so much more dope shit i'm so excited
1: yeah totally totally agree uh jason i know that you saw this earlier as well what what were some of your thoughts when you saw the news
2: man i was actually really hoping that that would mean that like i could start getting like a nebuchadnezzar of blanton's or something honestly (laughs) (laughs) no honestly i think think it's really (laughs) I think it's really exciting. I mean, honestly, the the, the opportunity to get more stuff than we, we have imagined is is pretty cool. Um, the one thing that kind of interests me uh, is that is I wish, you know, we were talking about transparency earlier and how important and how cool that is for bottles. But, man, I kind of wish there wasn't that much transparency when it came to, like, a TTB knowing exactly what's in every product. Because that keeps us also from getting um, cool shit that companies don't want to give us because they they don't want to uh, disclose their, their actual recipes. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was, you know, I wish we could ban that one and then bring these bottles in.
1: Yeah. So that's, so that is one thing that um, anytime that you submit to the TTB, you do have to submit your formula for approval. So that's basically what, what Jason is, is referencing there. And you know, yeah, they're certainly not off the hook. There's still a lot of work and trust that the TTB at least needs to earn from myself. Um, which uh, which I'll say in that regard, but but I do think in in terms of like the little victories and stuff. Like, yes, we are going to be able to get so many different bottlings now that um, that work that work for us. But I think this I think this also is a huge deal for American craft distillers okay. because one of the problems that they've had in terms of going international is they were required to have different types of bottles and stuff like that. So for the U S of course, we've been locked into seven fifties, you know, our entire lives. And then, um, in the, in Europe, it was it was much more fluid, and 700 tends to be the size that's up there, or as they would refer to it, it's a 70 cl, which will be 700 milliliters here. So now this is going to give craft distillers an opportunity to break into that to break into that market a lot easier because now you can sell that over there and you can sell it here, and I think that's such a huge difference maker, you know, for both, um, you know for producers all around the world that now we're going to get some of those exclusive bottles, you know, cause for a lot of people, it didn't make sense for them to do the 70 CLs. And then, okay, I guess we also have to make some stuff for the Americans as well. Cause they're the only fucks that do this. So, um, <laughs> we would, we would, would lose on a lot of stuff. And then again, from the craft distiller part, like they're going to be able to, um, you know just do one bottle which is just gonna save them money and as a craft distillery you know if you can save money by only having to purchase one type of bottle and then set your fill lines to to a certain amount like that's pretty great and that's what we're going for so right, right. I'm um, I am very excited I and, and again we weren't gonna do any news but this is definitely such such great great news I
0: think I know the answer already drew but is there is there a, a- let's say a region that you are most excited about uh, experiencing more stuff from?
1: Mm, Man. I kind of feel like I'm all over the place with that. Mm -hmm. What I'm hoping, what I'm hoping is, is that, you know, obviously I'm a huge fan of rum and there's so much rum that we don't get here because of these rules that are in place and for a lot of places like let's say um uh reunion island off the coast of africa like there's a real chance now that we can start to see more rums from reunion and you know chris we've we've tried the one that um that valier did and it was wild like that was just that was an insane spirit
0: yeah it was mind-blowing
1: and so I think I think from from places like that, um, and it's also it's also going to open up for a lot of those brands as well. Whereas like of course I absolutely appreciate what what Valier does. I mean they're they've expanded the minds of so many different people and rum drinkers around the world because Luca Gargano has gone into these places and found these treasures and brought them out. But for a lot of these producers there they haven't been able to get their stuff out any other way except through these independent bottlings um i think you know there is gonna be really exciting uh one of the rums that i was teasing to put on my list tonight is Mowaba rum and that's out of south africa and i think it's gonna be gonna make it a lot easier on them too you know they're huge in the uk right now in france but they haven't made the leap over across the pond so I think those those two places you know so basically like African rums I'm very very excited about right now what about you
0: yeah I mean I I was thinking about this long and hard I you know uh, I'm I'm really excited also about Africa and African spirits um, which is funny because it's not a thing that you and I have talked a lot about but there's it's a fucking continent and obviously there's dope booze that comes from there and it would be rad to get even more of it here. On top of that, I'm, I'm looking like Eastern Europe. I'm really excited about seeing some of the shit coming out of like Eurasia um, and, and what we can find from these small producers in war torn countries that, you know, might finally given the, the surge of money from American dollars start my start making maybe a lot more and might be able to like build up
1: and we might get some really rad shit that we just haven't had a chance to get over here i mean chris if you want some weird eastern european stuff i don't know why we're not taking a deeper dive on my portfolio but whatever because <laughs> uh, i got it um well uh, jason what about you is there any particular place that you're very excited about Man, I think you guys are kind of hitting
2: the, the nail on the head with it. Honestly, I know there's some really like cool gin companies out of Australia that like haven't shipped over this way as well that I wouldn't mind kind of getting my hands on. What I'm interested to see is like, so do you guys think that once this kind of starts making its way that we're going to see people st- from like other countries stop sending us 750s and only sending us 70 CLs? And what do you think about that? You think that's going to like go immediately or they're going to they're stop producing the 750s? What do you think?
1: Um, I think, I think it's going to be a slow burn. Um, I, I think most American consumers are idiots and I, I think they're going to look at it like, well, why aren't we getting as much anymore? Like there's going to be a lot of people who are going to push back at get this because their, their thought process is going to be like, why would I want less? They don't understand that actually what they're getting is a lot more options, you know, cause they're, right, going, to, right. they're going to use their stuff. I mean, I, I just, I think depending on the companies and stuff they'll probably still do pre- predominantly 750 i think that's a market segment that they don't want to lose and they have so many systems in place to support that that'll probably continue um I just look at this as as an opportunity for the companies that are like you know the ones the the places that we've mentioned so far. Like this is a real opportunity for them to come into the marketplace. Like I don't think that somebody like a Glenlivet's going to stop making seven fifties. You know what I mean? Um, But maybe this opens a door for Marwaabu Rum or or whatever the case may be. So I think that's that's where I see a lot of that that change happening. I don't know, Chris, do you have any different thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am with you, Jay. I I'm really curious. Um, I don't, um, I don't have any like, um, you know, hard, hard. Thought out, like, uh, um, conjecture on, on what, what will happen, but I'm really, I'm really curious about, you know, bar culture, you sure. know, I, I mean, I mean, you and I have done, over a decade uh, worth of, uh, of of consulting, and so we know we know what bars look like out there. So <laughs> I'm really curious how bar managers and bar culture shifts or learns um, to deal with the different different sizes as opposed to 750 and liter. Uh, right, I, I, I'm really curious to see how that math changes. Um, see what ends up in people's wells if it's a mistake, if it's on purpose um I i I really hope that that uh, people take it as a learning experience and we get to like up the entire the entire industry but I'm also an optimist in that way and I, I I think that I might be shooting for the stars on this one
2: I think it's exciting I'm really pumped I'm really excited to like just because you know I think all three of us can probably say the same thing that we're pretty nerdy when it comes to trying new stuff and we really really um get excited about like the Craziest, weirdest stuff we can possibly get our hands on. So it's going to be exciting to see what comes through the market.
0: Yeah, man, it's like watching porn. You know, it's like eventually you just <laughs> get tired of watching fucking missionary. You need to see someone get knocked out by the by the dumpster. And uh, I don't know what else you got. I don't...
1: A lot of different scenarios need to play out. You know, like I need that's some right. I need some backstory for these stories. Now like I that's... do.
0: I need I need like emotional manipulation. <laughs> um, you know, and someone who just like can't can't resist no matter what they do they lose so they might as well i don't, I don't know you might have to take a twisted tea to the face or something
1: <laughs> Oh, and that would have been a much better like more exciting than a twisted tea to the face damn it
2: <laughs> you know i just to, for the record i'm also drinking one of these like sparkling izzy's man these things are fucking incredible Dude, i've never black, drank these before the black cherry is my favorite oh man I'm on that Apple and it's just like I could crush like the entire case of these things and probably like wind up with like the worst shits in my life. But it would be I think it might be worth it.
0: Yeah, you might go into a diabetic coma, but I mean, <laughs> fuck it.
2: Hey, it says no added sugar. So <laughs> That's
0: good for Add, you. I, I think added is the is the important
1: <laughs> word there.
2: I mean, the label is pretty transparent if you look at it.
0: <laughs> my God,
1: you know who's dope them over there. Are we doing our dope follows already? Or did you oh, the wrong no. Button? I hit the wrong button. What button am I oh looking for? Oh, my God. For? You're looking for the for our transition button. Hey, look.
0: I found it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Talk about awkward
0: transitions.
1: God. The best part about that was like how you promised both of us that you were going to be on top of it for this episode.
0: You knew and what this then.
1: was. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, you're going to organize that soundboard and We'll never have these issues again. But until then, thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> um, okay, so Ashley Sawyer is the champ. Ashley Sawyer is the champ. Jason, um, she's, she's our she's she uh, supports our podcast. She's our she's our benefactor. She is our benefactor. It's great, and you can be a benefactor too. Just go to Anchor.fm/slash Good um, So our next segment is going to be. Just top three moments from this year. Uh, As I've already alluded to, we just want this to be the power of positivity. And there were plenty of good things that came out of this year. It wasn't all doom and gloom. And so we wanted to talk about that tonight. So I have a few different categories that we're all going to go through. And so my thought process is to... Throw it to one of you guys. What I want you to do is I want you to read off your either two, three, maybe four top things of that show. Give a little bit of description on them. And then if there's things that we need to discuss further, we'll discuss further after that. So I want you to run through your entire list first. And then we'll circle back on, um, if, if either one of the other two people have anything to add on. So you guys get it?
0: Wait, are right, Okay. But, uh, each topic. So you're going to, you're going to say, Hey, right. this so, we're gonna, so we're
1: going to, so we're going to start with media outlets. Okay. Okay. So, so media outlets could be anything. It could be books, podcasts, shows, whatever. Um, it doesn't have to be related to our industry. I have a feeling it's probably going to be related to our industry. So Chris, what were your top three media outlets and now another caveat here is you didn't have it didn't have to come out this year you just had to discover it this year yeah so um because a lot of us had a lot more free time than usual so a lot of new things <laughs> were discovered this year um okay so what was your what were your three media outlets this
0: all year? right and in, in no particular order uh i i'm gonna say i listened to a lot of crooked media podcasts this year um they are a progressive media uh uh, organization uh, in a and their goal is to counteract the ratcheting to the right uh, for a lot of media and just uh, provide provide a factual and alternative um, we'll say uh, bend to to media and they've they've got all sorts of it's not just a single podcast they they have a whole line a whole line a whole range there that's the word i'm looking for uh, a range of podcasts and shows and things that they support uh, it's pretty pretty fantastic kept me educated kept me entertained um gave, gave me a lot to think about even if i didn't agree with all of it um i i was a huge fan number two would be the republishing of the bon vivant's companion the newest Newest edition, Bon Vivant's Companion, is uh, the the famed uh, Jerry Thomas book, uh, traditionally published in a red cover and a blue cover. Um, one being the first edition, second one being the second edition. Uh, actually, I think I have that mixed up. Uh, I think blue is the first edition, red is the second edition. Anyway, uh, uh, this is now a green hardcover book uh, put out by... Um, by uh, cocktail kingdom, which is, you know, where they started was with books and it's got a beautiful, um, uh, prologue. It's got a great introduction. The book is, is maybe doubled, tripled in size. They took both, both editions, put them together in a single publication. They've got a ton of footnotes. It's really, really lovely. Um, it's, it's as a, true cocktail nerd it's one of my favorite things that i've read all year um at least in terms of the bar world and then thirdly i'm gonna have to say hbo max i uh i've been i've been glued to my tv all fucking year because what the fuck else are you gonna do right so um that, that's they, they put out a lot of really really fantastic uh fantastic media this year and i've uh, i applaud them for it thank you hbo max
1: I have to agree with that. I just recently got on that on that train and I cannot believe. Like I'm like 4 days in. So, I get it. There is a lot there's a lot to consume there.
0: Yeah, a ton of fucking content,
1: man. So much content. We're going to make sure to definitely give HBO Max a shout out on our Instagram. Hopefully they can get they can get some more subscribers because of <laughs> us. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, so sure the, I'm sure they can use the boost. Speaking speak yeah, kind of get that, get the
0: podcast bump.
1: Yeah, get that, get that. They need it badly. Um, uh, <laughs> Jason, what are, what are your top three?
2: Man, I, I was going to put some HBO uh, Max on that too as well, but I'm more of that person <laughs> that like, I'm, I'm more of that person that spends about 45 minutes trying to find something so I can immediately fall asleep to it. That's kind of like yeah. my, <laughs> my mode. Can't yeah. find nothing on, I'm going to fall asleep. Of course. Um, for me, I would say, um, as far as a podcast, there's a podcast called This Podcast Will Kill You. I actually like started listening to this because of my wife, Kayla. She, uh, she started my listening. My wife? To... She's out there somewhere. I'm surprised she's not yelling at me yet. No, um, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> there she, she is. Uh, yeah, there she is. She, she started listening to it, and basically what they do is they go over a bunch of um, just – pandemics diseases all types of crazy stuff and they start talking about like where it originated how it got cured what's going on with it and they actually ended up starting it with um or i started listening to it with with the pandemic stuff with the covid and it was actually really like soothing because they talked about like facts about it so it was like it became less scary after like listening to it you know so it was like right in the beginning when we started getting into it yeah that one was really really cool um i'm a huge fan of uh this little you can find them on Instagram. They're called the Hard Times, and essentially, what it is is like, um, it's like the onion of the subculture. So, like punk, goth, metal. So there's just a bunch of like little, uh, little like funny like uh, articles about this and that with regarding like the music scene, um, and some things that go along with like like politics and stuff. Like one of the uh, the funniest headlines. I'll I'll just read a couple for you. Um, one of them is Donald Trump demands Billie Holiday change name to Billy Christmas.
0: <laughs> that's really good
2: MIT physicists describe a theoretical fifth loco oh my God. <laughs> and then uh, one of my last uh one of the last other ones it's like super true is cash only bar coincidentally also seven dollar ATM fee bar which is like so fucking true <laughs> um that's the second one and then i would say the third one is just kind of more work related it's not really exciting at all but it's called it's a book called how to be a boss by justin kerr it's a book that actually again kayla bought for me to read and um I, I i'll say like with within my job and what i'm doing now one of the things i've always noticed going in from location to location is if you even get uh, a training for like a bartending position if you even get that like it's even worse for like management positions and like uppers. Like nobody trains that stuff. They just throw you into the fire and like you just get fucked. So uh reading this book is really cool because it gave me some insight, a little help on like, hey, if I'm gonna put training programs together for like this company that I work for, I wanna do management too. And I wanna show people how to like be good leaders and how to like really bring people up and vet people instead of just being like, Here it is, here you go. God right. damn it.
1: I love you, Jason. Yeah. We're- <laughs> I think that's so, I think that's so great. That's totally true. I mean, you know, so much in this industry is like, you know, it's, it's promotion through attrition, you know, and it's just kind of like, well, you're still here and you've been here the longest. You're a manager now, or you are a bar back at a really popular bar. You're a manager now. And, it's just, <laughs> and it's like, people get so confused. Like, I can't believe that person didn't work out. I was like, that person wasn't a leader. They had no skills. There was, you know, it was just kind of, you know, they, they want to treat managers as owners of the business, but but pay them excessively poorly, you know, it's like, wow, you're you're so confused on why this didn't go well for you, you know? And uh, now I think that's, I think that's amazing. And, and again, another reason that, that we love you so much is that you're, you've done so many great things and you're one of those people that probably doesn't need to read one of those books because you do have a lot of experience, but the fact that you're still pushing yourself to, to do that is great. And I really hope people listen to that.
0: Training at training aspect is something that that Jason and I have like bitched about ad nauseum to each other. The fact that we're just like mind blown that it doesn't exist anywhere. I mean, I mean, it's as as two professional uh, consultants, you know, it's it's truly mind boggling that you walk into places and you're like, okay, like what have you learned and who taught you? And they're like, well, it's like guy who's no longer here who told me that I should shake my Manhattan. And then I watched YouTube and realized that that was wrong and that's it. <laughs> and then the the bar manager is exactly that. what well, you said Drew, which is someone who just happened to be there long enough.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah, and, it's wild. No, no, it's just, it's, it. you're totally uh, reaffirming that it's absolutely crazy that this is what happens, you know, but, but go, Jason, go ahead. You probably have a better insight. Just
2: one of those things you'd see, the other thing you'd see with that too, is that like you'd see these like star bartenders opening these spots, like behind the bar, like so and so is here, the place blows up, that person gets a different job, they leave and the place just completely falls apart. Like it just gone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like, you see, you see that like numerous times over and over again, you start to like think about it, like, dude, why is this still happening? And you're like, it's gotta be better. (laughs) It's gotta be better.
1: Right. Yeah, and it and it it for sure is that. Like things things can be better. It's just you gotta put the time in and you gotta put the effort in. Um so that's a that's a really great uh that's a great recommendation. And good job. Pushing that positivity. There you go. Pushing (laughs) Pushing that positivity. Um so so I have a so my I have two podcasts and then one book. So um one the book, I'll start with that because it is something I've talked about before. But it's the Complete Whiskey Course by by Robin Robinson, and I just I love this book so much. Um, uh, probably a little bit has to do with the fact that I've gotten to know Robin over the past couple of months as well, and you can just you can just really read his personality throughout the entire thing. But it's. It's just a real enthusiast approach towards, towards the whiskey business and he just covers everything and there's so much good information and I feel like I'm constantly referencing it at, at all times. Um, you know, when I'm looking at different distilleries and I'm trying to understand different concepts, I just I can't speak highly enough about this about this book. Um, the other one uh, some in my podcast that I'm been listening to is the newest one is called the Food Program and it's put on by the BBC. And this just falls in line with I tend to love everything that the BBC does because like the best stuff somehow finds me, you know, because that's just what, what good stuff does, right? It The cream rises. And I came across this this show because I was looking for some information about like Georgian wines and stuff and this – this thing covers just the gambit of it. And um, it's very wholesome and it's really informative. And I love the host. And of course, over the past couple of weeks, it's been all holiday related and what to do about with, with your leftovers. And I just love the show. So much, um, and it's just it's really refreshing and and good stuff. And then my final media outlet is uh, the David Chang Show. Um, I probably for a lot of people know David Chang from Ugly Delicious on Netflix. Uh, he is the owner of Momofuku and that whole restaurant group, which have a bunch of stuff. And it's been really interesting to listen to his perspective from week to week through the pandemic. You know because this is a guy who's who's at the top of our industry right in terms of owning all these restaurants all over the world he's, he's he's considered a celebrity chef he's got books he has all these levels of success and to watch him kind of be like just reduced to the same level that all of us are right now and to see him go through that I've taken so many different lessons from him as he's learned through the situation and pivoted the same way that all of us have had to pivot Right. And it's been really it's been really cool to kind of get his perspective. And then, you know, he talks about his flaws. He talks about where he made mistakes and how he doesn't want to make them again. And then he also does a new segment where um, they call it the dad show and they bring on uh, different chefs and guests and they talk about just being a dad in this industry, which I don't think happens very often or at least I don't notice it and I think that's really cool because obviously as a dad and you know of a 2-year-old it's it really resonates with me to kind of hear some of the same struggles that they're going through like this is how I do this and how I do that so I'm able to relate quite a bit to it and um and I know uh Chris I've talk to you multiple times about his show and like different things I pull from it. I'm like, you need to listen to this. You need to listen to this. I don't know whether you do or not, but hopefully this is the final thing that convinces you that this is a show that you should listen to. But Yeah, no, um, I don't, I
0: don't, I don't really listen to you very
1: much. (laughs) It's totally understandable. But, uh, but yeah, so those are, those are my three media uh, outlets. So the food program, complete whiskey course and Dave Chang show.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna add a little footnote on here. I um uh I haven't watched it yet. I've heard good things. Uh, my mother in law was telling me about it, and I, I tend to trust her uh, her her judgment, um, except for where I'm concerned. But. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 she recommended a show that sounds really interesting, and it, it, it comes uh, by way of Guy Fieri, who is sort of like the pariah of the restaurant industry, except for maybe this year during COVID. I think everybody appreci- like learned to appreciate him and the good that he does. But he, uh, he just came out with a new show called uh, the f- um, uh, Restaurant Hustle 2020, and uh, it's on Food Network, uh, and it's all about restaurants pivoting and trying to make it during 2020. Um, so that, I think, I think that's a pretty cool thing. And if somebody's going to do it the right way, I think that, that he, he has the ability, he has the resources to be able to really shine, shine a dope light on, on what everybody's going through.
1: That's, um, that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, Guy Fieri is, uh, is amazing for all the things that he's done even before. And he's finally getting some, some credit for it. But I think that's a perfect segue into our, into our next, um, our next top three list. And speaking of innovation and pivoting and stuff like that, we've been, we've seen so much of it over the past year. So I was curious on what your guys's top three bar innovations were. Um, And uh, so Jason, you said that you, yeah, you had one, but it's a big one. So what was, what was the bar innovation that you saw that you're like, this is amazing?
2: Um, well, I mean, it kind of like touches on all that, honestly. I mean, I think it's just the innovation for me is actually being able to see people pivot and actually like persevere as much as possible through this whole thing. I mean, I've seen people just get super creative where it's like, um, uh, you know, like Trevor, uh, Easter and the DeVere's family doing like snug junior and doing their, uh, your doobie bar pop-up and completely changing things up and you know keeping it the same within their within their like how they're doing stuff typically with the fun and the excitement and like just the wacky shit but then like just changing the concept for this time period and then like quick dog kind of the same thing in san francisco with a with uh josh harris and the Bon of guys guy is doing that it's just been like really really kind of cool to see somebody like completely flip change script and just kind of work towards something super cool um I'm loving this whole takeout thing. Um, I hope it, I hope we can continue with it as we go, you know, just being able to like offer like some cocktails on the way out. You know, if you're like going, you're eating dinner at a spot and you can take cocktails home to enjoy, you know, next to the fire outside in the backyard or whatever. I think it's really cool. And I'm hoping that like, you know, that gives it a chance to bring that like, crawlers and do crowd like canned cocktails and like awesome flasks and stuff like that. I think it's just a really, really cool way to um, to kind of push yourself a little further the outdoor, outdoor dining has been great, but it comes with a bunch of flaws as well, too. I mean, it's, it's kind of a cool concept, especially in San Francisco, because we don't really see that very often. So seeing people build all these, like, parklets, like we've done them, too, um, has been, like, r- kind of, like, scary, but exciting at the same time, like, getting out and, like, making cocktails again and, like, um, serving tables. But, I mean, it's risky, you know? There's a lot of, like, negativity towards it as well, too. People not following rules. But overall, just, like, seeing everybody like kind of band together a little bit more and you know um try to push the community and help each other and i see a lot of shout outs to from one spot to another or you know chefs coming and doing like takeovers for you know outdoor outdoor dining it's just been really like a cool thing to see with the community i'd say
1: yeah i think that you know to your point about like the outside stuff like really doing these extravagant outdoor seating arrangements where you're just kind of like, Oh, you just kind of built like a mini indoor outdoor. Right. You know right. looks like, which is a little strange, but again, these are strange times and, and absolutely. I mean, this is this, the, I, I think it, you really kind of encompassed everything, you know, it's, it's all this different stuff and all these different things that people have had to do um, has been amazing. Chris, what about you? What are some of, what are some of do you have any specific samples?
0: That oh yeah. Yeah. Jay actually stole two of mine. So, you know, fucking thanks, (laughs) Jason, Jesus, uh, fucking quick, uh, quick dog was definitely one of them. And, um, uh, less doobie bar for me and more snug junior. Sure. uh, Um, which is still Devere's family, still Trevor, um, snug junior, just a brilliant pivot, something that just happened out of necessity. Um, and as like a quirky idea where, uh, for those of you who don't know, a local Irish pub decided to start making fast food, um, just better than any of the fast food places. So they literally stole all the ideas from all your favorite fast food places and just make them <laughs> more better. dope. And they're it's like there's, they're not hiding it. They like they're very proud of the fact that they're like stealing from Carl's Jr. and from fucking McDonald's and from you know In and Out and fucking everywhere. Uh, yeah. And and I will say. The food is fucking delicious.
2: It's a great burger! Uh,
0: it, it's 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 an amazing fucking burger. I, everyone, they're right down the street from us uh, at Good Bottle, and it is lightweight, dangerous.
2: You know, I gotta I gotta say, like the burgers great, but the thing that I think they nailed is actually like making their fries taste good to go because that's like a fucking hard task. Like, it is a hard task. Fries are, like the worst, but you get their fries and they're they're plentiful too. Like they don't fuck around. They give you a good amount of fries. You know that's.
0: Very, very true. Uh, And then my third is actually the, the design concepts that I've seen come out of Europe, like uh, out of London and uh, Barcelona, like the, the, the way that they've invested in their outdoor areas here in the U S, especially in California, everything's so fucking expensive. So we just like, we make it work the best that we can, which pretty much means like building a wooden structure and like some sort of roof out there. But Um, in Europe, you know, we've seen like bubbles, we've seen, uh, people import and like build greenhouses. Uh, we've seen people, uh, take over houseboats and like put, you know, all sorts of shit, just really, really pushing this concept of not inside a restaurant, inside four walls and a roof to the limits. It's just been it's just been stunning to watch, and as someone who loves uh, interior design, who lo- who loves architecture and and design in general, that's probably been my the most fun for me is really watching people uh, just go without limits on their on their brain and just like push the envelope as far as they can and see how well it gets received.
1: Yeah, no, I think that it's it's totally totally true. We we just throw up tents here, you know, we're like done but uh no that's good uh you know it's, it's funny like and it's probably because it's so close to home for all of us but you know i definitely had the devere's snug junior doobie brother or doobie bar on on my list as well i will add an additional thing to that they recently bottled their own rum with the uh um, fucking
0: insanely good
1: yeah oh, that banana rum the banana, the banana rum. rum
0: is stupid good
1: yeah and i i bought three bottles of it so um <laughs> I'm, I'm a believer in that rum. It's so delicious. I really, really, really enjoy it. So, um, so I was very, 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 you know, happy just to kind of see them continue to do that. And I, and I, they're not done. Like they're going to have to continue to, to pivot and all that stuff. Um, you know, the other thing that I, that I saw that I really enjoyed, and you've seen this out of a few different places, but the the ones that came to mind for me, was like pioneer cocktail club and, um, up in, up in Tahoe city doing the like general store you know, yeah. uh, especially early on, it was really hard for people to get the things that they needed and they were able to provide that for their community. Um, and Brian, who's the owner there as you know, was, was on our podcast and he talked about a lot of those things that he was doing before and uh, and continues to, to try to innovate and do things. And he's in a tough spot right now. Cause you know, now it's super fucking cold and not necessarily everybody's following COVID guidelines. So so I'm really, you know, obviously concerned about about what they're going to do up there. But I think he's – if there's anyone who's going to figure it out, it's going to be him. Um, but I really like the general store uh, aspect to it. I know a lot of restaurants have started to sell a lot of their booze, which I thought – I on, honestly, I think it took a lot of them way too long to jump onto that train. Oh, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I just I, – I think a lot of people looked at it. They're like, no, that's just one more thing that we have to do. Like, we know cocktails. Let's do to-go cocktails. And I think everybody just waited way too long. They should have been selling bottles from from day one. But um, they finally embraced that and it's good to see. And if I, I like the people who are selling like fresh-made pasta and stuff like that. Like, I know um, – uh, there's a few places in Sacramento that are doing that, which I think is really great. And then my last innovation was, you know, there's there's obviously been so much uh, virtual stuff that's been going on over the past nine months. I mean, I was a big part of it as well. And um, one of the things that I got a little shout out from them on this, but when Elixir Spirits did the 24 hour Black Tot celebration, where they had a 24 hour stream of constant rum talks and innovation and, um, interviews with people from all over the world. Like that was just amazing, you know, to, to pull that off and to make it work and to balance all these different schedules and, you know, and obviously stuff was pre recorded and and things like that, but, you know, but still to do a 24 hour event, uh, on that magnitude with the guests that they had and the influential people that ended up, you know, kind of crossing, you know, Crossing the airwaves uh, through through their Facebook and YouTube and stuff like that, I just thought it was incredible. I thought that was so cool that they were able to uh, to do that. So so those were those are kind of my three bar innovations that I thought was super fun and interesting and and different.
0: You know, I t- going back and touching touching on um, your feeling that that bars and restaurants should have been selling their booze earlier. I, uh, I 100% agree with you, but I I've talked to a few people, uh, who I, you know, it's just one of those things where you don't, I don't know, you don't think about, uh, from outside the bubble, but when you're in it, I, you know, so few people even know how to do cocktails to go in a cool and imaginative way. And that's something that, that most bartenders and bar managers are used to is making cocktails, pricing them out in theory. Right. Um, uh, but then selling, selling their bottles, let's say at not club markups where you're just doing like bottle, <laughs> bottle service, uh, you know, you're selling a $450 bottle of Grey Goose. Um, uh, a lot, a lot of people just don't know how to do it. Um, right. and that's, that's something that I learned is like they just, they don't, they can't f- flip that switch in their brain where we're going from on premise cost of goods to off premise cost of goods you know, and, and how that retail part works. Um, and, and I, I've, I've definitely witnessed it. I've talked to a few people. Um, but it's always funny, you know, that, that ego still exists even in this time where people, are like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And you're like, I can, I can explain to you how to do this. Like right now. And they're like, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, I won't charge you. Yeah. It's really easy. You just do this math. And they're like, no, 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 I'm fine. And then like. And then like two weeks later, they're like, well, wow, you, you explained it. And can you can you send that back to me again? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, sure. I want you to survive. I want you to do well. Here's the math. It's really not hard. Straight up. One of the most important things of
2: being like a boss or manager in any spectrum is to know and ask for fucking help. Like search for that shit. You know, like we all we all do things together. We all share each other tidbits like you do with like you're talking about right now. And it's like so important to like keep pushing that, you know? Like, dude, we all need a little help. Like, I, lo- I love helping people. I love patting some good
0: information or sharing good books and stuff like that to push them. You know, dude, my 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 business, none of my businesses would have survived thus far, especially this year, had it not been for you know one or two pieces of sage advice, if not just like a lifelong desire for learning and seeking people out who I can like I can steal shit from. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and who and people who are like glad to like give it right. Yeah. Um, as long as you always give, you know, you, you, you know, pay your respect where it's due. Um, uh, but the, like this year, like going into retail, much less going into retail during fucking COVID it's been nuts. You know, there's, I wouldn't, there's no way I would have survived had I not gotten like some great advice and people I could actually learn from, uh, this year.
1: No, I think that's, I think that's so totally true. and, and, and to kind of come back to one of the things I learned from the from the Dave Chang show, it was like you have to be willing to blow things up when it's not gonna work, you know? And I think a lot of people didn't want to blow up their own ideas. They wanted to stick with it, they wanted to keep going. It was like, no, blow it up and start over. Start selling bottles, get out of your comfort zone and do something different because like this this program as you see it, it is is not working. And I was having a conversation today with with a fine dining restaurant that they're they're done with the concept it's not coming back for them even if it comes back to fully you know if, if best case scenario we're completely open by august they're like we're done with that concept we're completely moving on we're doing a different thing that's going to be a lot make us a lot more flexible and so we're never vulnerable like this again you know because the are, you
0: know, are they local
1: yes here in sacramento
0: Ooh, I'm going to, once we're off air, I'm going to ask you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about, we'll talk about it after. Um, Okay. Let's keep this gravy train going. So we have two topics left. We're pushing the hour mark, but I know you guys are so entertained that you're totally okay. Hey man,
0: it's our last episode of the year. Uh you're not going to hear from us for for at least a couple weeks while Drew and I figure some shit out that makes this better, you know, like Chris learning how to fucking do the soundboard properly. Uh so uh hang in there a little bit more. Plus you got Jason Wild. So, you know, what's yeah. not to love about this? So, fucking yeah. deal with it.
1: Okay. All right. So, so we're going to do our um our top 3 boozes. Now, this uh,
0: that's a eye. thank you boozeye.
1: yeah so this i i'll say for myself this was a very hard list to do um and especially to keep it to three especially to not look like a complete homer for my own stuff <laughs> and then i mean i have things like i have things written in and then scratched out and then like they're they're definitely not um they're not in any particular order. Chris, it took you a while to figure out your third one. Jason, yeah. I don't know what your process was. I mean, we've already discussed one of them, but um, uh, this this was, this was hard. So this is – and there's going to be something I forget about that I'll remember tomorrow. I'll be like, God, I should have said that one because there's just – there has been a lot of cool stuff that's come out over the past year and um, – and we also had very, very different experiences, where Chris and I continued to try all the craziest things in the world, and Jason was trying to burn back bars. So uh, <laughs> it was we had much different situations in terms of what we were exposed to. Uh, but but Jason, outside of the Rey Canpero Arrocanio, what what were your two other top spirits this year?
2: Um, for the weird category, um, I was <laughs> uh, my favorite thing from the weird category this year was the Nixta that uh that um maize liqueur yeah yes super fucking weird um you know you taste it next to the abasolo uh whiskey and you can kind of get the the, you get the hint you get that backbone of that whiskey in there but it just has like this this like i haven't had a bottle like this that i've been like oh i want to fuck with this like immediately and that was one of those ones was like oh shit this is weird like i want to sip out of the bottle and just sit on the couch with it like it's just (laughs) just so interesting it's almost like a sweet corn nut liqueur in a weird way (laughs) I'd say I'd definitely go for barbecue if we're going for flavors. Um, And then my second for like something that is an obvious pick for me, I'm a big Scotch lover. And this year was the uh, Tobermory 12-year port pipe. uh, I love you.
0: I fucking love you so hard. Oh, I love you so much.
2: Uh. Incredible. It is. I, I mean, it was like sweet and fruit and juicy up front with all that, all that port in there. And then at the same time, I like had this weird, like, leather into almost curry flavor it had like this weird like savory note on the finish and then all of that you know isle of mole uh salinity to it as well too it's just like it was everything that i wanted in the scotch it was absolutely fantastic
0: also um, can, can we can we talk about how exciting it is to get toby 12 back into the states again so
2: fucking awesome i mean it's been gone for like what almost like a year and a half or so or two years almost
0: i haven't I had say- Tough i think time. it's been it's been like it's been like four or five damn that makes sense yeah yeah i think people just had some back stock because it was really approachable for so long and people who knew what tobermory was they had it and they knew it, like maybe some people were in in the know that they knew what was going on also bars tend to hold on to shit like that longer right, right? right. rather than like retail um but yeah i'm i mean as soon as toby came back the the toby 12 came back i fucking i bought a case i was like yep that's coming yep
2: yeah
0: yeah it's
2: amazing um and uh, have you guys noticed too like how everybody's really upping their game on like packaging these days like Wait, i feel you, like you have to.
1: yeah you, you you have to i think there's um you know there's just there's so many options out there and um that that's where all that's where that first impression's made right, right. so Piece more of the often not I mean more I mean even even now at this at this point in my life where like I have a pretty decent amount of education when it comes to spirits and wines and stuff like that and and I and I lean on my peers who have who have more knowledge and stuff like that and I'm constantly trying to learn like just a week and a half ago I was looking at a bottle and I was like that's a cool label I'm gonna buy it like that is i <laughs>
0: got <laughs> reduced
1: to 21 year old drew because i was like that's a cool looking bottle and it's what's funny is that it ended up uh and i think chris we we talked about it like it was that it was that wine from um washington but the way they had the label set up is like it looked like it was part of like uh, it looked like it was a french wine because how they had it labeled and where everything was i was like oh that's a french wine I, i've been learning about that and it was just it had a cool color sequence on it. It's like and it it was a pretty label. So I I totally get it. Like it's just cause it it doesn't matter if you're, you know, brand new or somewhat seasoned. It's like sometimes a cool label is gonna get you, you know?
0: Hey man, it's part of the, it's part of the the whole spiel, right? It's uh it's you know that that guy you might know might have a great personality but you won't know it because he's uh you know he's just not that attractive and you just don't uh you don't give a fuck and so he can stand over there in the corner for all you care and that's it Uh, um you know but there's there's other you know there's there's other cool guys you know that are real pretty you know like that uh that um uh oh it's killing me damn it there goes my joke Ugh, falling, well, falling flat. Falling I bet it was.
1: Flat. I bet it was so good because the buildup was great. So I it can only really, imagine that the the punchline was was it amazing. really wasn't.
0: You know, it had to do with a rum and uh, being a total wine. And I'm sorry, I let everybody down. It's you know, fucking 2020. What are you gonna do? Uh, no, no,
1: this is this is positivity episode. You knock that
0: off. Mm. <laughs> it's it's 2020. What are you gonna do? I don't know why, but for some reason,
2: I just want to watch. She's all that now. I I, I don't know. What do.
1: <laughs> Truly inspiring greatness right now. Um, okay, Chris, what are what are your three boozes? Holy moly, I
0: I've actually got four, and I feel like it's um I feel like I'm still fucking this up. I feel like I'm like someone's asking me to choose between my mom and my dad, which you know. Still my dad, but it's fine. Um uh so in in no particular order, I will say this. Um this year I have consumed a veritable fuckload of booze, uh so much so that my doctor told me to calm the fuck down. Um, <laughs> um I I get brought to to our store an insane amount of alcohol on, on a weekly basis. Um, and so much of it is just fucking spectacular. And even more of it is just great. Um, and so this was really, really hard for me. (sighs) um, in no particular order, um, Highland park, 21 year. Um, um, I mean, no, no real special finish on it. I mean, it's just 21 years Highland park, exquisite i mean it is just exquisite it's what if you don't if you've never had scotch and you watch movies where people drink scotch and you're like this is what scotch should be that's what fucking scotch should be like that's like that 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 caricature of scotch you're like this is this is what i've been assuming i've been drinking all these years it's just pristine. It's fucking lovely. Highland park is an amazing distillery and they just do an amazing job in 21 years that far North. It just ages so well. And that, that damn scotch is, is, I'm like drooling talking about it. Um, um, one on the fun spectrum, uh, Yvonne, uh, who, who works with us a good bottle. Um, was on a search from the beginning of the year. He's like, dog, we got to get this aguardiente. He didn't even remember what it was at first. And then we found it. Uh, this Cristal aguardiente is just dope booze. It's cheap. It's fucking rad. It's like, uh, it's, it's from Colombia. Uh, it comes in a really shitty bottle with shitty packaging that makes you kind of love it even more. Um, sort of like that, like rum fire, Label, you know, like where you just yeah. it's yeah. so bad, but you're like, I see you, I love you, we're good.
1: The
0: rum the
1: rum, fi-
2: the rum, fire is definitely like the Guy Fieri of the uh, the rum world, <laughs> it is, it is. You're like, oh, you
0: joke, and then you're like, oh, all right, I love you, that's fine, we're good. <laughs> um, but the Cristal Aguariente, it's like it's like an anise, uh, sh- sugarcane distillate, it's fucking rad, it's weird. Um uh, even after we like we ordered it, we got sent the wrong bottle and he was so heartbroken. He was like, Well, what are we gonna do? I was like, I don't know, man. Uh, cause the distributor kind of went AWOL on us and like stopped re- responding to emails, and um and then uh all of a sudden I was like walking down the street going to get coffee and I see a dude pushing a fucking like uh <laughs> a dolly with the, the crystal uh cases on it, and I was like, I just I was like, hey, man, you looking for a good bottle? Because you look lost. He was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's right down the street. And I just texted Yvonne. I was like, you're about to be really excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he just like, as soon as it walked, walked through the uh, the door, he was like, yeah, he fucking lost it. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's that's definitely there. Um, on the highbrow end of booze, um, uh, Forge Chaman 2014 Grand Cru Champagne hands down some of the best champagne i've ever had in my fucking life um uh it is uh, good champagne is inexplicable but the only thing i know how to compare it to is is if you've been lucky enough to sleep in or unlucky enough to sleep in like 1000 thread count sheets um uh there's no going back to flannel right like it's just You're like, oh, I've crossed over. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Flannels. I'm burning this. I'd rather just sleep on the mattress itself and stop pretending and save up. Um, And good champagne is exactly that way. Like you just you can't go back. It's fucking spectacular. Um, And I feel so happy, Drew, that that's one of your moments this year is is you finally got to have good champagne and you admitted <laughs> just how wrong you were all these years. So
1: that, I totally, I totally
0: was. Yeah. That makes me very happy. Um, and my, my final bottle is, uh, the Clondes Sotol Lupe Lopez lot one. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking spectacular,
1: yeah. man. And it
0: makes me so sad. It's gone. <laughs>
1: Um, well, it, it will make you happy to know that um, Lupe has joined the new the new. Um, – I'm trying to think of what the right, I guess, collective for the Sotol brand that Ricardo's doing. So Lupe oh, is still good. part of it. Um, so we'll get more of Lupe's juice because, yes, that band is incredibly talented when it comes to working with Sotol and Agave – in the great state. of, I mean, it's just,
0: it was so interesting, so strange. And like, it's one of those things where you like you sip and it's weird enough that you need to keep drinking just to understand it. Yeah. Um, Which is, which is almost always my favorite thing on the planet where you're like, you just need more. Uh, Like, okay, just a little bit more. All right. Like, that's so weird. I just, all right, just like a little bit more. Okay. Another pour me a little bit more. I haven't figured it out yet. And then next thing you know, the fucking bottle's gone, and you can't get lot one anymore.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I have a similar story to that with like a a rep in San Diego. He, he came in, he was trying to force me on bringing Louis into the bar. So he brought the bottle in, and he's like, he puts it down the table, and I grab some glassware, and he just goes, "Yeah, just go ahead and pour it yourself." And then I pour like like an ounce and a half of it. He's like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Well, you told me to pour for myself." <laughs> That's so amazing. And the COVID happened, and then I moved to San Francisco. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say both both groups that you work for probably are they're fine with saying yeah, it was for this group,
1: right? Right. <laughs> That's awesome, uh, Chris. Just so you know, I traded a bottle of whiskey for um, that Lupe Lopez bottle the other day, actually. I, I traded one bottle of um, God, what is it? What was it? The, it was one of the orphan barrels and I got two bottles of Conde for it. And one of them was the Lupe Lopez. So oh, I do good. have an, I do have an unopened bottle of that. It was good probably my, you. probably my most favorite trade of all time. Cause I just, I saw him and I was like, I have this bottle. I'll trade it for these. And they're like, yep. And I was like, sweet. Worked out great.
0: Is it the um, person that I sold my, my last lot ones to?
1: uh i have no idea no you sold him to todd i did not right. No. Oh, then i don't know no i got him i sold i traded with uh jason locker
0: oh okay i sold him to, to colin
1: oh yes because okay. he
0: and he ended up with like a case of them somehow by like people gifting them to him and like <laughs> for his yeah, birthday it's ridiculous. I actually he know, bought he bought a bottle on his
1: own <laughs> i do think i know where, where some more are so i might be able to check him down but um but yeah, that is that is I actually might have to change my one of my answers now. God damn it. Um, so sorry. Yeah. I'm no, you already said it, so I'm not gonna say it. Um, okay. So my three again, and I had the list at one point, I had it at five, and I got it down to three. But um the first one is the MH Distillery Pomegranate Cask. So MH is the distillery out of Israel, you formerly known as Milk and Honey sometimes still known as milk and honey, but pomegranate wine is very big in Israel. And these guys are a completely kosher distillery. So they have to, they have to work with kosher related items. And when it comes to wine, a lot of wine doesn't work for them. Um, that as we know it or, or sherry or anything like that, they do have a sherry cast, but they had to go and like observe the process and make sure that it was all done in a kosher fashion. But they did a pomegranate cask and we got one bottle of it sent to the U S to try to see how it was. And then my bosses were like, Hey, you're doing this M and H event. Why don't you, we have, we have this one bottle. Why don't you gift it to, to some people if they want to be part of the tasting. So of course I kept one for myself and pieced out the rest of the bottle to a bunch of different people. And, and it's probably the one, I mean, we each of us only got one ounce of it. Right. Damn. And it's, and it's one whiskey that I get asked about more than anything else I've ever worked with in my entire career.
0: Oh, wow, And
1: it, and it's, I mean, it's gotten to the point now where I'm actually concerned that it might not live up to the hype when we actually do get it in the States. Right. Because, oh, that's funny. <laughs> because it's transcended those initial like 25 people who got to try it, you know? because people talk about it so much within our whiskey group that it's like, well, when the fuck does this thing become a reality? Because these guys talk about it all the time. And so um, I'm sure it's going to be great because a lot of the things that they've done so far have been really good. But um, the pomegranate cast is because it's so unique and it's different. I mean, and who, you know, who's had a pomegranate wine cast whiskey before? Like I've never come across that. So, um, so I'm really, so I really enjoyed that one. And again, I only got to have an ounce of it, but it's, it's, you know, that was back in the spring and I still think about it pretty often. The uh my next thing is the uh origin uh rays mezcal from Durango. And spell that spell that O-R-I-G-E-N oh origin. Origin I think it's it's either raise or rayez. I am not hundred percent sure. And it's out of Durango and this is their Pachuga, and I went to a uh, or you know quote unquote, went to a virtual tasting that uh, Tahona Bar was doing out of San Diego. And uh, I really, really, really like like those guys a lot and they they brought in they brought in this and they were and we were sitting there and we were talking and we're going through this different stuff and they one of the tastings was of this Pachuga. And historically speaking they had never done a pachuga before but then one of the owners of the company Bildo had his um, uh, became a father in 2018 and had this had his daughter and so they made it for him out of celebration right for the first one. And they used um, they used deer because there's like a ton of deer all around Durango, and then they also did this really beautiful incorporation of like different fruits and uh, different types of citrus in there as well. And it just turned into this really really beautiful pachuga. And, and the thing that I've I've come to learn, especially when you start to use a lot of citrus when it comes to pachugas, which is going to be basically an infusion of that mezcal, is they can overwhelm your distillate. To the point where it can almost make it like cleaning product, like yeah, you know, right. and it and you know because you're talking about a, a high alcohol and citrus, you're just kind of like oh that's Mr. Clean, like I totally I totally get that you know, and um and I and I was really kind of turned off by it. So when they were describing it at first, I was I was a little concerned because I was like oh man, I just had one from this other brand that I actually like a lot, but I think their pachuga sucks. And uh, I don't know if – I've loved all these things so far. I typically like everything from Durango and had it and absolutely fell in love with it. Of course, it ends up being a bottle that you can't get in the US. So um, coming back to the fact that I have a good relationship with the Tohono Bar guys and stuff like that, they were able to get a bottle up from Mexico to San Diego and then ship it to me. So now I have a bottle of this, of this pachuga and it's incredible. And I That's was just fucking red. Yeah. And I was just sipping on it the other night and I was absolutely just, you know, I, every time I sip on it, like, and I, I'm really slow playing this one too. So, um, it's a, it's just a really great mezcal and the rest of their lineup is great too. But I think they only bring up the, um, they only bring up one of them to, to the U S which is such a bummer because their entire lineup is, is great. um, and then, my last thing is, I think, you know, as a lot of you guys know, and if you follow me on social media, I've been very into Georgian wine lately. And so I had to throw Georgian wine in there. And my the one that I'm loving so much right now is the Chona Saparavi. And this is a super small producer out of Georgia who's using the Quavevries um, for all of his fermentation and aging. And um, he does less than 5,000 liters a year. This wine is just an ass kicker. Like it's, it's incredibly tannic and all the tannin comes strictly from the, uh, from the grape skin themselves. And it's just uh sapravi is kind of like this black dye, essentially a red dye, you know, grape, even the pulp is red. And uh, it just, you can have one glass and it looks like you've been drinking red wine for like the past six hours. It just immediately stains your teeth. Uh, it's unfiltered. It's, you know, it's quote unquote, natural wine. Um, but it is just absolutely phenomenal. I have like bought cases for myself and I love, I, I got to see a few people over, over the holiday, not a whole lot, obviously, but, um, the ones I introduced to very mixed reactions, which was great. I always love that. Right. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, that's the Chona wine, the, the Saperavi, which was, So,
0: so I've got a question for you. How does one spell Chona? I'm, I'm
1: very excited about So this. he spells it C H O N A. Oh, well, that's boring. I thought <laughs> it was
0: going to be like some Zs and Xs in there. <laughs> there's,
1: yeah, there's still, um, you know, there's still a lot of discovering to go. Like, and as I look through a lot of stuff, um, the stuff, some of the ones I haven't pulled the trigger on are the things that I really can't pronounce, you know? And, uh, and I get a lot of shit for that within my company because they're like, well, how are you supposed to sell this if you don't, if you don't know how to say it, it's like, dude, there's like 17 Z's in this. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea how I'm supposed to say this. Like, I'm definitely trying my best to get this point across, but I mean, I have like bottles that have zero English on them, you know? So it's, it's, it's a challenge. But uh, but yeah, this is this is definitely one of the easier ones to say, and, and this was a toss up because you know one of the one of the ones that you carry, Chris, the the Tezva Amber, like that is such a beautiful wine too, and I love that one, and it's it's so unique as well. But I think I, I had to go with the Chona because it's just, I mean, that's what I bought a case of for myself. Um, it just it's great, great, great stuff. Uh, but moving on, we're getting into our last top three. I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit. I know people are, we're, we're getting into our most longest episode ever, but of course it's okay. Cause, cause Jason series give us hugs ever most longest, most longest. Yeah. The wheels are coming off for me. Um, sorry. Top, I can drink it too, buddy. Top three moments of the year so far. Uh, I guess you only have two days left or three days left, but what Chris, what are your top three moments from this year?
0: Well, I'd be an asshole if I didn't say my daughter's birth. That was a uh, big one. That, that was, was a big, big, big one. one. Congrats. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm would. i going to put just under that uh, the amount of joy that was brought to me by this. Um, and it was completely petty. And it was a level of uh, shit that I can get with. And it just made me the glee in the uncomfortability of all of the surrounding um, uh, happenstances about this, but Rudy Giuliani uh, giving a speech about, about um, election fraud in front of the fucking four seasons landscaping in between a fucking porn shop and a crematorium. Like it was some sort of Bob's burgers fucking intro, like hands down, like has brought me so much, like even today, when I'm saying this like like I feel like I'm glowing, I feel like I'm walking on air just talking about this, and it uh it continues to bring me a ridiculous amount of joy, regardless of the fact that it's like incredibly petty um but i'm I'm down for it it's such uh, a good
2: story. Uh, what's that it's such a good story it's <laughs> so, so
0: good um Number three w- is sort of like a gestalt moment. It's less of like a singular moment and more of like a collective moment. Um, but uh, for those of you who know me, know that I'm a cocktail guy. I'm uh, I'm a I'm a spirits guy, um, sort of first and foremost, and 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 mostly out of um, training and out of my environment and how how my career has gone. Um, uh, I've loved wine, I've loved beer, uh, but I've never really, that's never really been the focus. It's, uh, it just, it just never, it never took form in that way where, you know, I went down that sommelier path. So opening the shop, one of my biggest fears was having a fucking whack ass wine selection. I always knew that I wanted to have a dope wine selection. I didn't really know how to get there. I trust my palate. I have friends I trust. Um And luckily, I think this year I, I've had an, enough really amazing reps who've come to me with uh, great stuff that they either can get other places or don't typically get other places. Um, but you don't see often and they just they wanted to have another place that highlighted dope shit. And um, I was incredibly lucky to, to be able to drink a lot of dope wine this year, so much so that I even questioned my palate, uh, uh, to my partner, Emily. And, you know, I, I'd be like, I don't, you know, sometimes I just, I don't know, like, is it me? Or is like all the wine we've been drinking good. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, it's good. And then, you know, two seconds later, somebody would bring in some fucking swill, and we're like, Oh yeah, this is trash. We're not, we're not <laughs> drinking this. So over the last year, you know the the, the handful of people that I uh, I truly respect, um, and people I've come to know who uh, who I didn't know before in 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 our community, who have come out of sort of the Woodworks and they're like, oh yeah, I used to work at this shop in Brooklyn, um, and it you know I, I'm going to let it go unsaid, but um, you know I used to manage that, and you're like your wine selection is fucking rad, like that something like that. Uh, it's happened multiple times and it means a lot to me. Uh, and that's probably been one of my favorite moments of the year. Just, I knew that my booze selection would be dope. Um, uh, because you know, obviously. And, um, uh, but I was, I was far more insecure about my wine and the fact that, uh, people have gotten on board with it. And, um, uh, have like thanked me for it is, is stunning and makes me uncomfortable and feel grateful at the same time. So that's my number three.
1: I think that's great. I mean, I know that I've bought a lot of that wine um, and I don't think we've had a bad one. Like we've really enjoyed the hell out of it. So yeah, kudos to you, bud. I think you did a great job. Thanks man. Um, Okay. Jason, top three moments. What do you got?
2: Top three moments. All right. I would definitely say, Moving back north, man. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Anything. I'm so happy to be back up uh, north, closer to my friends, my family. Um, it's it's just it's just perfect to be honest with you. Um, I always kind of like, and, and no digs to moving back to Sac and doing what I did in Sac, but like I always kind of like questioned myself about moving away from San Francisco. I'm mean, like, God, man, I I really loved it there. I was really starting to kind of like get a good feel for it. It wasn't like a regret thing, but it always was on the back of my mind. So getting back up here has been like pretty fantastic. Um, I mean, being the being the fact that like I'm an hour and a half away from coming up and seeing you guys at some point, you know, when we can checking out your shop and hanging out with you. Fuck, I mean, Drew, I don't think I've seen you for, geez, how long has it been? A couple of years
1: now. Too long. I don't like it. Yeah, way way too long. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> so yeah, I think, that- I think the last time we saw each other so was, I think, was maybe Jenna's wedding. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, which was I think would definitely maybe two years now. Quite so. some, yeah, quite some time. Yeah. After.
2: So that was been that's been pretty great. Uh, number two, and you know, like definitely trying to keep the positivity on it is like even though it's been absolutely terrible to be in a pandemic and be stuck at home, it's been pretty awesome kind of just hanging out with my wife. You know, just like working together in the kitchen more and kind of hanging out because you know like before we had such opposite schedules for a long time whereas like you know she's coffee i'm i'm bar so we just kind of see each other on the days off and then in san diego i was working like fucking 90 hours a week just constantly fucking cranking nuts 90 but like 70 hours a week just going for it um and so i didn't really get to see her so like being in the city here and also getting to, to know the city outside of the bar has been really incredible too. Like we've been hiking a lot. I know that's like the, the, the thing that everybody does, they go on hikes and they like, you know, Instagram the fuck out of it. And like, look, I'm outside, but <laughs> it, it's honestly been really cool. Like getting to know the city outside of just a restaurant and a bar, you know, like going through the neighborhoods and getting a better understanding of where we live. And now I can like get everywhere without like putting it on, um, on, Apple maps or Google maps. So it's been really kind of cool. And then, um, man, what would I say? Uh, number three, I I would probably stay getting it to, uh, to back in the career, back for future bars and working with these guys and doing a job that I know as we move into it, I'm really, really going to love. Um, so outside of like kind of helping with education and, um, doing some training programs for, for the group, which we've never quite had, um, here, Not only that, as I have a couple of, um, of openings we're going to be doing as soon as, you know, this kind of like turns itself around, I've got a venue that we're doing with the first time with food, which is kind of exciting. We're going to do more of like a neighborhood, uh, burgers and fries, kind of like awesome, just fun cocktails, nothing like super crazy and, and intense with the cocktail program, but just really fun. And to be honest with you, I'm pretty excited about that. You know I mean? Like, I feel like I've, I've. We're in the gamut of trying to make really crazy, interesting cocktails and learning more about like, you know, um, about spirits and understanding about like hospitality and like running all these different these different angles. And it's going to be nice to do something that's going to be stripped down and just straight fucking fun. Like no, no major crazy like, oh, my God, I can't believe you have that. It's just going to be a good time. And on the flip side, I'm doing the complete opposite. I'm doing like a really, really upscale, like jazz bar that has a collection of whiskeys um, running from the last 15 years that have just been stockpiled and held for this project. So, yeah. It's going to be like all crazy barrel selections from the company that they've ever pulled. Yeah. fucking like just old bottlings of like everything Murray McDavid's from like the beginning when Jimmy was doing all that stuff. Like there's going to be some intense stuff on these, on this, on this spirits list. And it's going to be really cool to do a cocktail program that, that matches that and bring more of like attention to detail with, with that program. So doing the the project manager thing has been great. Cause it's just like, throw it at me and I'm going to do something completely different each time.
0: I'm so excited to have like a dope jazz bar because I can't I can't really name too many in Northern California that I can actually go to that are, like would be amazing jazz and amazing booze at the same time. And I believe if anybody can do it, it's gonna be you and Future
1: Bars. Okay, so 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 one thing I think that we kind of glazed over earlier because you know we we were so excited about this episode, but um, for the people out there who don't know like the Future Bars lineup. Because obviously you don't walk into a bar; it's called Future Bar. What are what are the bars that are in San Francisco that are underneath the Future Bar umbrella? So that way people kind of be like, "Oh, I have been there," or "I've been there," "I've been there." Yeah, you got uh, Bourbon and Branch is pretty
2: much their big flagship. Underneath that, you've got Rick House. It's in the financial district. Um, within that was their first um, their first tiki bar that they did, which was Pagan Idol. Um, they have a cool. Um, a cool bar with that as well. Gingers, um, Devil's Acre, Pepper and Reed over in Berkeley. They've got three cask um retail stores as well, too. And what am I missing? Oh, I'm missing Zombie Villager, second cocktail bar. that I don't know if anybody knows uh Daniel Doc Parks. He's uh he's kind of the the head guy over there. So I work with a really, really cool, unique group too. Um but so they got some they've got a lot of fucking bars, man. <laughs> we got like yeah. three more to open
0: pretty soon here
1: which is crazy, but I, uh, yeah. And, and Jay, for
0: your, for your sort of, uh, your lineage, you want to explain to people sort of a quick, quick, like what, what, of, of what you've done. Cause it's very impressive.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I got my start at shady lady with the, uh, with those awesome guys, um, myth, all of those dudes, uh, I was bar backing there and then I'm one of those people, I'm a creature of habit. So when I like get into something, I fucking overdo it and get really into it. Um, <laughs> So I uh got a got a job bar backing there and absolutely knew that from the first day being behind the bar I'd be doing that for the rest of my life. So I started working there and within 9 months um I actually got a job offer from from uh, Future Bars at Bourbon & Branch because of Eric Castro. Um most people if you don't know him he's the guy that does like bartender at large and he has uh, a couple bars down in San Diego Polite Provisions and Raised by Wolves which I worked at. We'll get into that in a second. So after Bourbon & Branch, I kind of, um, I put my foot down and did that thing we were talking about earlier where it's like, I just was a grunt. I did as much work as I possibly could. Anytime somebody asked me to do something, I did it. Um, Within a year, because of my hard work, uh, within a year, I was promoted to um, bar manager. And then within the the next six months, I became the general manager of Bourbon & Branch. And I ran that for about five years. From there, I came back to Sacramento, um, my hometown, and opened up Bottle and Barlow with Anthony Giannotti, and worked there for a good solid two years, Um, two or three. I guess I guess about three years, uh, if you put like putting it together and everything. From there, Um, that's where I got to meet Drew Garrison for the first time, which was exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. And, and i got to say, like, this quick uh, segue here is like, dude, the amount of work that you've done to boost your knowledge in the spirits industry from the first time I met you is absolutely fucking impressive. So kudos to you on all that. It's really, really cool. Thanks, You're welcome, man.
0: Drew.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, both, both of you guys are, are big time contributors to that. So thank you.
0: Oh, I know. That's why I said it. <laughs>
2: Uh, from that point, I moved down to San Diego. I uh, wanted to get a change of scenery and and just learned from some people who have thought, like, holy shit, these guys are kind of the same thing Future Bars had in San Diego where they have, like, Polite Provisions, Noble Experiment, False Idol. They've got, you know, Polite – did I say Polite Provisions? Um, you did.
1: They've just got, like
2: <laughs> – yeah, they've uh, they've got a, a ton of stuff going on down there. Ironside noise Oyster, Born and Raised, ton of shit. So um, I was like, shit, man, if I'm going to learn from some people – Like, this is where it's going to be. I'm going to cruise down there and just, you know, sit down with Eric Castro and Chris Pitino, fucking amazing people, and learn from them. And uh, I got down there um, and forked my fucking ass off. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, And I learned a lot from it, but you know, my, my heart's always up North. So getting this job opportunity to be back in San Francisco was really what I needed and what I wanted. So now I'm back up here, hopefully going to be able to spend some time in both Sacramento and San Francisco.
1: Yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was kind of like a bittersweet thing when, um, I know when I, when I personally found out, uh, that, that you were, that you were coming back up. Cause I was like, I was like, I was like, oh my god, like he's going to be so much closer, and I can actually see like this guy who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, and to become like you know, like I consider like a really you know good friend. Now it's like, oh, but we can't go anywhere. We're not allowed to go anywhere and go to bars or or visit people and stuff like that. It's kind of like it's like, oh, this sucks. Like, like <laughs> it's so close yet so far away, right? Know? So total total bummer. But yeah, we probably should have done it at the beginning of the show, but. You know, <laughs> So like now uh, people are like, oh, that's why we've been listening to this, like this guy this whole time. Two years. <laughs> Short story long. That's what I'm up to these days. And that's where I've been.
0: <laughs> well, uh, all that being said, I've got a I've got like a best experience of my last week that I'd like to share. Okay. Uh, J- Jason had his mother uh, drive down from Roseville, which is a suburb of Sacramento, uh, to come to my bottle shop. uh Jason, why did you have her come to my bottle shop?
2: If if so, my mom's getting into like American whiskeys, like a lot of people are at this moment, and so she's super super new. Um, doesn't really know a whole lot, and you know, she asked me a lot of questions about like what should I get, what should I get, what should I do? Like, I'm at, I'm at this place, what should I get? And it's like I I don't know, I can't see this selection. Like, it's it's impossible for me to tell you what to get um here's a couple of ideas if you see him grab them and then she's like you know i'm like in between i see i'm over at total wine and i see this and that and i'm like listen like get back in your car like head down downtown and go see my buddy chris over at good bottle in sacramento and i said like i've known chris for for fucking ever for the last like decade and he is as nerdy and as passionate and just ridiculous as i am so if there's anybody i want you to like talk to about getting a bottle This is your perfect guy. Go check him out.
0: And she fucking got in her car and whoop, she rolled down there. Yeah, she gave me a call and make sure that I was going to be open. And um, when she showed up, uh, she was asking for uh, some pretty typical things like uh, Eagle Rare. Um, She said she likes Buffalo tray stuff like that. And so we got to talking and and, uh, you know, I was like, well, how how experimental do you want to be? And she's like, look, my son already sent me. A twelve-page paper about about American whiskeys. I I look at her and I say, "Did did, did Jason send you his training packet?" She's like, "Yeah." I don't understand half of it. She's like, "I just need somebody to tell me what to drink." Like, yeah, yeah, not a problem. I got I got you. Uh, that was. I think that gave me the hardest laugh over the last over the last like two weeks, three weeks that you would send your mom your training packet.
2: Well, it just happened to be that I was doing I did a um, a Zoom like education class for some company um, in the Bay Area. And I just happened to just happened to do it on some um, bourbons from the uh, the surrounding area. And I just had the packet ready, and I was like, you know what? Like, if you want, she she started. She said, like, I'm gonna start calling you every Sunday, and um, and I said, okay, cool. Well, you're into whiskey. Let's let's have something to talk about. Like, tell me what you're drinking. So I f- I figure like, hey, just look through that. Like, we'll talk about it. So
0: I like that you think that looking through a 12 page fucking thesis on fucking American whiskey is just something to talk about. <laughs>
1: We do this literally all the time. What
2: are you talking about? Like, Did I just tell you how, like, when I get into something, I really get into something? Yeah, that's kind of the kind of the person I
0: am. <laughs> yeah, I'm well aware. That's fucking great, man. It fucking made my goddamn day. It was lovely. <laughs> Jesus. Well, thank
2: you for helping her out. I, I, she was she was pretty excited. She's already cracked um, the Angel's Envy, and I believe that's what she got and, and loved it. Is that what she told me? I think she told me
0: as yeah, MV. yeah. She bought uh so uh, when when I was still president of the USBG uh, during like the second cocktail week, I was in Sacramento. Um, we, we being myself, shady lady, um, Jose Carrasco, a few other people ch- sat down uh, at what was then poor house in the back bar and Scott Krinsky, when he was working for Angels envy gave us a bunch of different samples um, to choose a, uh, a whiskey barrel like to sort of piece a whiskey barrel together um, with our like our own sort of formulas, right? Where they're like, okay, 30% of Cascade, 20% of cask B type of thing. Um, and it turned out I was, I was still sitting on like maybe four cases of that, um, that I've, I've at first I meant, you know, it was always meant for the, for the bartenders guild here. But considering that's defunct, I was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that then (laughs) um but it's it's like eight year old still it's Lincoln Henderson juice um um and single barrel so it's kind of fucking cool it's like a it's a snapshot in time
2: yeah maybe my mom will have a better understanding after she reads that 12 page thesis
0: (laughs) maybe maybe
1: (laughs) or she she starts listening to the good bottle podcast yeah there you go (laughs) Oh, bad. So, so yeah, so that was that was a classic tangent for for our show. Um, do we do we want to do my top 3 moments or do you want to wrap this up? What are we what are we thinking? No, How we need your wrap? we need
0: we need your top 3. Yeah.
1: Okay. I just and then to- and then we will wrap up. Okay. All right. So, top 3 moments Miami Rum Congress, I know I've talked about it on the show before, just absolutely amazing trip, got to expand, um, you know, one of my only trips uh, this year, got to expand my knowledge in terms of um, uh, just different rums from around the world, got to experience some amazing bars in Miami, totally fell in love with that city, I cannot wait to go back, uh, and, you know, uh, became friends with a lot of people in the UK, which has been amazing to, to continue to... Work on those relationships as we've been all locked down. Uh, My second thing was I really enjoyed doing this podcast and my happy hour. I think it was a really fun way to connect with people. Like, you know, Jason, this is a great example. You know, we've, we've texted and stuff over the past, over, you know, the past couple of years, but it's like now we're really sitting down and talking about all this kind of different stuff and it's just happens to be recorded. Um, But doing that and then also like my virtual happy hour where I got to really expand my influence and you know a lot more people know of who I am now than they did nine months ago, which I think is kind of cool. And I got to do it by meeting people who I had a tremendous amount of respect for. You know, having conversations with somebody like a Zan Kong or um the conversation with Carlos Camarina, like stuff like that, just completely blew my mind. I still can't believe those people said yes. And then and at one point, and I don't know if I've shared this story, but I sent a message to Alexander Gabriel from plantation or from um, Mason Ferrand, um, And I did this while I was like slightly intoxicated. So it was a little like booze, booze courage. Um, but I, I, I love what they do. I'm a huge fan of plantation rum. And now he did not come onto the show. However, it did get back to Michael Goldman that I had asked. So I had made enough waves where they <laughs> at least they asked Michael Goldman, who's the plantation rep in, in San Francisco. He's like, Hey, is this guy legit? And of course me and Michael get along really great. And he was like, no, he totally is. And again, it didn't come to fruition, but the fact that it even got back down to him to like background check me, I was like, I'm going to take that as a win. Um, so, so that was, that was a big deal. And then really it it's, my other favorite thing is similar to what you guys have said as well. It's like, it's just been the time with, with my family, you know, um, getting t- at the very beginning two un- uninterrupted weeks with my daughter, where it was like, we had no choice. Daycare was closed. We didn't know what was going on in the world. So I was like, Hey, it's just me and her. And we really were able to bond over those two weeks even more. So and it's time that I wouldn't have gotten in normal circumstances. Right. And then even as time has gone on and like, you know, her school got shut down for, for, a few months. And then there was a, there was a coronavirus uh, positive test where she got shut down again. it's like just time that it, at, it seemed like it was inconvenient, but it's like, wow, that was actually really great. And then the projects that me and my wife have done around the house and stuff like that, it's just been, it's really good. So as much negative as you think there might be in 2020, there was also just so much positive, And those were, those were my highlights uh, from the year, which was just actually a pretty goddamn good year. Uh, it's fucking great, man. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. Should we talk about dope people? Um, In theory. <laughs> Let's do it. You know who's dope? Them over there. All right. And now for my favorite segment, I hope you guys are still hanging in there. Uh, an hour and 39 minutes and 37 seconds in is our dope follows of the week. These are people that we tell you to go and follow because they're so amazing. I'm going to start mine off. This is actually someone that we've shared before, but they did the most epic thing over the past week that I had to share them again because they're only getting better as they continue to grow. And that is the Instagram account Liquor Industry. Um, They're constantly posting liquor industry-related memes and stuff like that, which is hilarious. But last week, they did a celebration of Festivus. And Festivus is... um, a fictional holiday that was created on the show Seinfeld, where George's dad put together this whole thing. And one of the ceremonies of Festivus is the airing of grievances. And basically what you do is at the dinner table, you tell people all the reasons that they have wronged you uh, that year. And what this account did was they asked everybody who follows them to send in their grievances and then they shared them and then not only did they share them but in multiple situations they tagged the people that they were complaining about so you have this account which has thousands and thousands of followers actually tweeting at the different ones and so some of my favorite ones were like you know at Jim Beam who thought squirrel was a who thought squirrel whiskey was a good idea <laughs> and then um and then this was a, at Casamigos, add sugar, water, and vanilla to the tequila. That's why your dumbass aunt thinks it's so smooth. And just, <laughs> yeah. Um, what feels like a cult but isn't a cult? Diageo on-premise managers and their swiss and their sizzle words. Ooh, I like yeah. it. Uh, this was a this is a three-parter one. Um, Greg Beerworth, that one slings home for you, huh? Well, I, I, <laughs> he knows he's he's bringing the sizzle. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Pappy is overrated and allocated bourbons are a pain in the ass. The suppliers who don't know their markets are the worst. And to the accounts who have Tito's listed multiple times on their menus, fuck you. Um, Then there was, there's this one dear consolation brands fire your entire innovation team. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, and then this is, this is one of my favorites consumer. I can't drink red wine. It gives me a headache from all the soul fights. Me. I roll maybe it's a $7 garbage wine you drink and nothing to do at all with the sulfites. So it was just, it was so perfect. And it was just, and there was like 50 different, um, uh, gripes that people had. And it was just funny to see accounts on them out, but that again, that's it. We've shared them before, but it was such an Epic week with them that I had to share them again. And it's, uh, at liquor industry. And it's just, it's the best account on Instagram. I love it so much. Did you make those BTAC uh, jello shots, by the way? Uh, I'm I'm still working on it. I'm going to. It's it's going to happen. I've I've been talking to my buddy about it. He's willing to give me a little bit of it, and then yes, I am going to make them. So that makes that makes me so happy. Yeah, it's definitely happening. So yeah. By the way, uh, Jason makes the best jello shots in the entire land, and he just follows the instructions. It's actually not that complicated. It's but, really um, easy. <laughs> but somehow they end up tasting better than everything else. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to be making jello shots with, uh, with a B tax. So it's a little extra love.
2: That's all it takes.
1: Uh, for, for the uninitiated, do you want to explain what B is? So it's the Buffalo trace antique collection and they do like a Sazerac stag junior. Um, was it a Weller or a
2: 18 Eagle rare, 17,
1: there you go. There you go. Yeah. And so they're, they're whiskeys that should cost like 80 bucks on the shelf, but they often sell for 600, 800, $900. And so I really want to make some jello shots with them and just make people mad. <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. Yes, I am. I am going to do that. And, and yes, I, I will document it. So to really get the full effect, uh, um, uh, Chris, who's your follow this week? Uh,
0: Sticking with the positivity uh, vibe of our show, um, and being that I just had a daughter this year, I'm going with babies.official on Instagram. Uh, uh, It is an Instagram account of babies doing baby shit, and it's fucking lovely. You get lots of baby giggles. You get... Babies making funny faces, doing silly things. It's fucking lovely. I love it. And it makes me happy every day that it comes across my my thread.
1: And what's the account name again?
0: Babies.official.
1: Babies.official. I mean, I just I want you to know that the other day it was Christmas oh, Christmas Eve, I was it was we were having just like a classic um, family holiday stress moment. And uh, we were trying to get everything kind of together and, and going. And at one point I was I was on Instagram and the Italian grandma's making pasta account posted something. Oh yeah. And I sat there for a while just watching it because I was like, I really need this right now. This I literally
0: is- I literally turned to Jen and I said, I love that that Drew gave me a hard time for for talking about pasta grannies and saying that it sounded like a porn thing. And that, and now every time I scroll through my feed and I see pasta grannies, I see that you like them.
1: <laughs> it's, it's it, it, mm. as you described it in our previous episode. It is strangely therapeutic and it's fucking incredible. It has changed my life. Yeah, Jason, are you familiar with what we're talking about? I am not. Okay, we're gonna have to tag you in one of their posts, but it's um, it's done. It's- <laughs> there you go. It's basically just grandma's in Italy making pasta using these very old world techniques, and it's just it's amazing. It's the best. Like I, it, we're not doing it justice even describing it the way that we are. But um, when you see it, you'll get it. But I, I definitely need it. and I thought about you the other day, Chris. With it, I was like, I was like, thank God for this account because I'm about to like punt babies across my street, and I, I need this to calm down. So, yeah, this is my moment of Zen now is watching Italian grandmas make pasta. That's great. Uh, Jason, do you have anybody that you think that we should follow?
2: Oh, uh, man. I mean, like I was saying before, Hard Times is amazing. Um, I love that. I would probably say if I wasn't going to look at that, I, would, I, I can't find the guy's name. But there's this dude that I follow that does all these like crochet outfits and it's the weirdest thing, and I don't even know how I got to start following this person, but it's it's fucking wild what this guy makes out of crochet. He like does like he does like beach umbrellas. It's it's really bizarre. I will find it and I will tag both of you in it, and I don't know somehow I'll try to get that message passed. But it's it's pretty incredible what he does.
1: I That's love it, awesome. And then um and then. Just for, for, for people at home, if they want to follow you and the, the stuff that you have going on, is there anything is there any social media that you would like to share or any if if someone's like, I want to know how to be a manager, is there any way to reach out to you that you yeah. that you're comfortable with?
2: Definitely. Um you can find me on um on uh Facebook with my name. It's just J-A-Y-S-O-N. Last name Wild W-I-L-D-E. Go ahead and add me and uh hit me up about any questions that you have. Or you can find me on Instagram at Rocky Stone. I'm spelt how you how it sounds, R-O-C-K-Y-S-T-O-N-E. I'll talk about that, but that's a that's a long fucking story. <laughs> why why that's my
1: handle. <laughs> we'll long story time, time. We'll do that on Jason Wilde, part two. The good old podcast. Awesome. <laughs> All right, pop that bottle of champagne, Chris. Ooh. I
0: love champagne. Have I told you how much I love champagne this year?
1: Yes. Yes, you have.
0: End credits. This episode is produced by these two guys. Clearly, it's been poorly done. But the music has been fabulously done this entire season by the Brothers Moore. And if you are, before we go and kill these two bottles that we've been drinking, actually, I'm I'm pretty close, uh, that if you enjoyed today's
1: episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Good Bottle Podcast, and you can also support the podcast and my desire to now have a crochet suit by checking out anchor.fm slash goodbottlepodcast. And if you would like for us to cover a story, and if you are
0: on a brand that wants to be featured, please email us at thegoodbottlepodcast
1: at gmail.com, and Drew will definitely get back to you eventually i will check that email but it hasn't been recently as a reminder you can also purchase the bottles that we drink on this episode at the goodbottleshop.com jason thank you so much you are the best person for doing this and bringing all the positive vibes we knew you were the right choice for this so thank you thank you thank you we hope to have you back again soon and uh chris cheers cheers,
2: cheers thank you so much you guys that was amazing